Hey, it's Chris Carlin from Upper Deck. And it's also James Hughes from Upper Deck. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness. Brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. He puts the cuss into customer service. It's Norin Rad. Hey everybody! <laughs> how you doing, buddy? I love it. How are you, man? Um, I'm going to say something that's going to twist your noggin. How's your year going oh, so far? Oh, my year! My year is going. I'm yeah. very excited. Your that 2022 is happening. 22 is happening, happened, and soon gone, and on to better 2023, uh, 2022 goodness. You're wishing. You're wishing the year away. You do realize that. I just did. I just skipped yeah. it. I just this episode, uh, by the looks I of what's just, coming on the horizon with this damn virus, it's probably, it's probably I'm probably in the right. Forward. Everyone's like, yeah. wow, Norn's like a, a yeah. fortune teller. This is amazing. Yeah, it's just well, fast forward. You're welcome. It's just fast forward. We're um, just moving on. But let us, let's get straight into it. I'm really excited this week because, uh, quite frankly, I feel spoiled because um, not only did you hear on um recent episode our boy Travis – from Upper Deck, um, which we've yet to record. So this is all a bit weird. Um, today, we don't just have one person from Upper Deck. We have two. Two. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm giddy with excitement. Um, I didn't memorize your job titles, so I'm just going to ask you fellas if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves. Absolutely. Well, um, some of you may know me. This is going to be James Hughes. I'm a customer care rep here at Upper Deck, and uh, I handle a lot of the EPAC inquiries and I'm very active in your guys' Facebook group. And um, I couldn't be happy to be here and talk with you guys as well. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And I am Chris Carlin. I am the head of customer experience here at Upper Deck. So I manage our customer care team, our community coordinators, a lot of our social media, uh, work very closely with our shops and distributors uh, to make sure that uh, all our fans around the world are, are having a great time with, uh, with everything that we put out in the market. Well, I'm 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 tickle pick. Quite frankly, what we basically saw there, Noren, is that Chris is James' boss. So James is on his best behavior. <laughs> Yes, always James do. is always James is the is a godsend. Okay, he is always on his best behavior. <laughs> he he's the man. <laughs> James, yeah, I don't the, have to I don't have to worry too much about James. Uh, so that's that's good. He's no, uh, he gets he it. Don't. He's passionate about what he does, and he does. Uh, he is a a total unicorn here because James is is one of the few folks who really you know understands um, not only our our sports. Uh, products, our memorabilia products, uh, but he also is is passionate about uh, uh, you know the entertainment products we release, but gaming as well. Uh, so James has uh, actually done um, you know at uh, a show like Gen Con, he'll go out and do demos and things along those lines. So he is uh, he is a uh, not a, just a double threat, like a quadruple threat for us. So I uh, love having him here. 
Good. Oh, okay. Awesome. Hopefully that means he'll get be getting four times the salary um, as we go into the new year. Um, I'm, I'm already putting you in for a raise there, James. Uh, James, are you, am, I, am I right in thinking that you might have had a background actually playing sports? Absolutely. Yeah, I've played hockey. I've played baseball. I've played football. I've played golf. I've played basketball. Uh, pretty much every organized team sport you can play, I did it. Wow. Uh, yeah. I played them, but not well. <laughs> I didn't play them, hence my physique. <laughs> yep. Same. Same and same. I got nothing. So, um, so I, I, I want to ask you both kind of similar questions, really. I guess because, um, Chris, you've very much got a sports background as well. And I often see you um, very much as the face of Upper Deck. You're, you're, you're certainly very prolific and you're out there and you've been on lots of podcasts. So, you know, I've watched you on loads of things over the last year and it's, it's great seeing you out there. And I always see your face on social content on Twitter when you're at conventions giving fans surprises. Um, Don't say anything ones. on record you're embarrassed to say. And remember, yeah. there's, okay. there's pending restraining orders. I'm out there. I get it. I'm out there. <laughs> you're out there. You're out there. But what's your, uh, how long have you, so you're out there a lot, but wh- how, tell us about your journey to, to being that guy at Upper Deck, you know, where did you start? Where did you come in from, from, from Upper Deck? Yeah, I, uh, I graduated college. I was supposed to be a teacher and, uh, and a buddy of mine was living down here in Carlsbad. He had a beach house. He was pretty well off. He's like, Hey, why don't you come spend the summer down here? We'll just have some fun and you can figure out the teaching thing later. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And, uh, I went to the chamber of commerce for, for Carlsbad and just looked at what businesses were in the area. So I could get like a summer job, uh, after college. And at the last one, of course, with the U, uh, is upper deck. And I was like, Holy crap. I collect did that stuff like all the time when I was growing up. Like that's what me and my brothers did. This is amazing. I, I put on a suit. I did my resume. I, I just started showing up at Upper Deck headquarters and uh, and whatever you got, just give me whatever you got. And um, they had uh, temporary roles at the time for our quality assurance department. And that was working back with the cards and you would organize them into sets and and have them ready for if customers had complaints or situations uh, so they could easily pull them and and ship them out to collectors. But also uh, preparing sets for leagues and uh, for for players and things along those lines. We did a lot of fulfillment like that for. So um, I organized the heck out of those cards. And, And my first job actually was was uh, wiping the backs of cards that an athlete had autographed, uh, but he used the wrong pen. So the pen bled onto the back of other cards. So it was me and two other guys, and they're wearing like cut off jean shorts and I'm wearing a suit. And we're with, uh, you know, we've got like alcohol and um, Q-tips and we're cleaning the backs. If you touch the side, then it was gonna get into the card and screw them up. So, um, you know, I cleaned the hell out of those cards. So I was I was excited to, uh, to move on, move into the quality assurance department. And then when an opening came in customer care, uh, I, I kind of have that gift of gap. So I love talking with people and, and talking about what I'm passionate about collecting and and uh, was able to move in there, move into a management role and um, move out to Las Vegas with our company and, and start our customer care group out there, uh, then come back to uh, to California uh, for an opportunity with our marketing group and then kind of go full circle uh, coming back to customer care 
uh, doing more on social media, kind of as an extension of marketing um, and sales. I, I think marketing, sales, customer care, they all really kind of go hand in hand. So I, I feel like we really work as a team with those groups uh, to deliver a great experience for our fans overall. Wow. Wow. Man and boy. Man and boy has been there. Um, so, James, how long have you been in Upper Deck headquarters? Uh, approximately about two and a half years now, and it's been the best two and a half years of my entire life. It's been the, the best job I could ever ask for. Wow. Wow. What's funny is he's not, it sounds like, it sounds like he's, he's sucking up, but he, <laughs> James is like so happy every day he comes into work. So it's, uh, he's great to work with. And, and he really is dedicated to, to giving our, like, he's like, you sure we can't do this for this guy, Chris? Or, you know, he's like always kind of fighting for the, for our customers. So I, I love that about him. Good. Good. Well, you must have. Uh, listen, I know what it's like because I used to. I used to work in box office, and so, you know, I've done my fair share of frontline customer service, and I know you've got to have a pretty thick skin for it. So, you know, I I, I take my hat off to you because there's been some, boy, there's been some passionate folk around of late. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I think that's the the biggest thing is that the uh, the Marvel collecting community today is drastically different than when Upper Deck first kind of dipped our toe in the water back in 2011, 2012, um, which is exciting. I mean, it's awesome. But at the same time, uh, lots of passion out there. And and I tell our reps, you know, you kind of got to be uh, quick to forgive and forget and move on to the, the next one if, uh, if you get blasted for something that's not really your fault. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, listen, uh, the last thing I want is for James to go home weeping into his pillow every evening. So it sounds like you sounds like you're weathering the storm quite well. Um, so- I, was, I was a server for ten years, so I was all my weeping has already been done. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, you probably, <laughs> you probably had the worst of it then. Um, so t- tell us about how your because um, I know that you um, you posted something recently, which kind of kind of got my gears going for this episode um on your at upper deck assist twitter feed um which is your official customer services twitter feed I'm yeah guessing. so i mean if you're uh, if you're a fan of upper deck's marvel cards definitely want to give uh, at upper deck assist a follow on twitter if you have ever have questions concerns issues it's a great quick resource for folks who don't want to uh, call an 800 number or send an email um, I think in today's world, you you know, if I'm uh, upset or frustrated about something, I'm I'm quick to hit Twitter in particular for for a brand to try to Everyone get everyone goes to social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do what do you see on Upper Deck Assist? Well, I saw this wonderful team photo of all the Upper Deck Assist assistees. Um, I'm not sure if there's a collective group noun for you, but Upper Deck Assistees sounds good. Um, all gathered around the Upper Deck sign, just like a, a group shot, which we'll probably put in the tasting notes for this episode, actually. So ha- how, how many in the team? How, how many you got there? Because it looks like a pretty serious operation. <laughs> well, I, I'm not uh, for for a variety of reasons as a as a privately owned company. We don't share that, but it's not hard to figure out from the from the photo. Oh yeah, sure, sure. But at the same time, um, we've we've expanded our reach. I, I feel like uh, customer care shouldn't be a one way road where we just wait for people to contact us. It's important mm-hmm. that we're 
we're out there and, and James is often on, on, on Facebook or on the, on the EPAC message boards, et cetera, in, engaging with, with fans there. But we've brought on uh, a, a new division of representatives called community coordinators. And, and their role is to be that Chris Carlin out there, the face of Upper Deck mm. for each of their respective business units. So we have a community coordinator for Overwatch League trading cards and esports. Uh, we have a community coordinator for um, trading card games. Uh, we've got a community coordinator who you recently met, Dylan Davidson, for uh, entertainment trading card releases, our, our, our publishing releases. And then we'll be bringing someone on to, to handle sports as well. So, again, to help just make ourselves more available to our, our worldwide audience and, and just be there and uh, have more, I guess, tentacles out there to, to assist in all the little webs and cracks of the, uh, the, the online world uh, yes. to make sure that we're, we're there for folks. Yeah. I am, um, of course, for those who, who are listening, who are in, in, in the groups, um, Dylan is the new Angelica. Um, so I believe Angelica was the first one that you had in that yes, role, yeah. looking at the Marvel uh, side of things. Um, and, and she is missed. Um, um, Dylan is um, hairier and just as lovely, um, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. He is I, 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 I was so excited when interviewing him. He's, uh, he's, he's been fantastic thus far, and I think everyone's going to uh, really come to love him just like they did Angelica. So, um yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a great fit. And another, just again, we want to have as many resources out there for our fans as, mm. as possible. And, and I love that uh, Jason Mashira, Mike Phillips, who you've had on the show, really mm. get, uh, really see the importance of uh, that that it's not just a one way street for for collectors. Like it's we need to be out there out yeah. in the message boards, out interacting with them, mobilizing our fans, you know, around you know certain programs or. Uh, think events and uh, which we haven't had a ton of, but hopefully we'll we'll start getting back to that. Because mm. uh, I, I think that's going to be where the real fun of the community coordinators begin is as we're hitting more events and meeting people and, and pressing the flesh, saying hello, shaking hands, and uh, or or giving fist bumps, whatever we're doing these days. But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> just meeting fans and and engaging more that that one on one type of contact rather than just you know online. Absolutely, and uh, the um, I find it very interesting actually. Well, when, when you when you're talking, I can I can tell you're kind of I get the feeling that if I, if I not that I'm going to do this, Chris, if I cut you in half, then it would be like sports logos because I definitely feel that you're on the sports side of. We don't I, do that like, to guest. We I'm don't so do sorry, that Chris. To We've had this conversation in anymore. private. He just no. doesn't get it. No, 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 no cutting guests in, guest in half. Okay. Have you seen? Well, I I I got into this because of sports. Absolutely, but. Uh, um, I, I'm the youngest of, of three brothers, and one of my brothers was just crazy about comics. So he was my influence there, and, and his his uh, passion was Daredevil. So we we've enjoyed the, the Netflix uh, series together, and and it was fun to just kind of escape into comic books back then. I love uh, the Disney Plus. You know, Saturday mornings we would watch the X Men and things like that together. Yes. Now that Disney Plus has brought those back, and I'm watching it with my kids, two boys. Mm. It's like total full circle, but I, I've tried to give my kids sports cards and they just, it's not like they, you know, they're allergic to them, but they don't love them. And, uh, <laughs> but when I, when I give them Marvel cards, it is so cool to see their eyes light up and, uh, you know, they're all about that base, you know, and then I haven't yeah, yeah, really yeah. shared inserts with them or I, they've had a couple 
they call them raries, uh, you know, but, uh, but the, their excitement is just the characters, the art, and it's just a lot of fun to see them uh, laying on the carpet with all their cards out and doing yeah. trades with each other and dad, James did an unfair trade or things along those lines. So, um, yeah, sports is, is my, my passion, but I'm, I'm falling in, in love. I love all the Marvel movies. I'm falling back in love with it through my kids. So mm-hmm. my son actually started a Marvel club at his, at his school. Oh. Um, it was in third grade and he wrote this letter to the principal and I shared it on Twitter a while back, but Marvel actually responded and said, do the right thing, principal bond. So, uh, mm-hmm. he was able to get it going. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's Chris awesome. has a son named James. So I wasn't the one laying on his floor. Okay, just, there we go. I was like, was like my, was like, yeah, my adopted. <laughs> Still weird when he lays on my floor and plays with his cards. But I mean, what can you do? You know what I mean? There is a resemblance. There is a resemblance. Um, no, no. It's the, the reason I, I said it is because um, I always pick up on this because because I, I I work for a marketing agency, and it's interesting that um, and Ticketmaster do this as well. They have the, their vernacular is very much fans, and that very much comes from the sports side. Um, <laughs> Um, and it's very much um, whereas um, with all my clients, they all, they all think in terms of customers, you know, but fans is quite a tribal thing. And it's very much a, from a from a kind of a sports background, I think. Um, well, I would I challenge think- that because in customer care, we think of it more as fanatic. Interesting. <laughs> so someone who is incredibly passionate about uh, our products. So in a fanatical type of sense. Yes. So yeah. that's yeah. how my main references to to fans is is coming from uh, there's there's collectors and i think that there's fans who are yeah, the that, I think that so. passionate base i, I love that. i love disney the way disney refer to them as guests yeah <laughs> i just think that's just so cool you know because yeah um yeah anyway um so i guess What's you know in, from the customer service side? What's the most common thing that you're getting, James? What what are you what are you hearing the most? What's the most commonly asked thing that you're 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 getting coming to you? Yeah, as far as the the Marvel side, um, I deal a lot with the the EPAC side. I've really taken a step up in the past six months and started to handle that side of the customer service department. Um, so a lot of that on there is um, either you know damaged cards that comes in, comes in uh, smudged signatures. Um, like you guys have probably seen with the Thor Ragnarok uh, series previously, um, but but a few other things, um, just you know, like uh, customers checking in, see if they're missing cards, cases, following through. Um, it's uh, it's just a whole whole lot of uh, a mixture. I think James is being uh, a little polite. The, the the I think one of the biggest things that you deal with are um, are, are collectors who are frustrated over a trade or you know our our epac fans are like big kids they're hilarious and it's more <laughs> like you should see what so and so did or there's a lot of tattletaling going on and and he kind of manages that beautifully so um it's it's really interesting how we are all just big kids at heart and epac really is that that playground for us right so uh every once in a while there'll be a kid with a skin knee or uh, uh some her pride and and james does a great job of embracing them and and, and getting them back out there to have some fun well, james I'm- is the best because i like i've hit up james 
so many times already. Not about my stuff, but like being like, hey, James, these guys are having to think. Can I can you help me out? Poor James is my James is like my go to immediately. But yeah, you know, it's funny in the group when it comes to trades and stuff. And this is good for viewers to hear and stuff. Always double check your trades. Don't accidentally click anything. You know, so many yeah. people in the group are also like, hey, what do you guys think about this trade? What does this look like? Just a really great way to be more uh, cautious about trades, especially what's going on EPAC. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal, actually. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the uh, big ones we've got in recently is, is all the new AEW customers that are coming in and trying to figure out how to ship their cards home, trying to open their packs. So that's been a lot of back and forth going with them. But it's been a pleasure because, you know, it's a whole new community coming in. And just as you guys opened me to your guys' community and, uh, you know, we got to do the same thing. And it's just it's been a pleasure to watch them grow and learn. And we're excited to release that product as well. And now that is a fanatical yeah. <laughs> base of fans. So had, what's, what's no that? I, I, missed, I missed the acronym. What was it? What was it? AEW, so All Elite Wrestling. It's a, ah, a gotcha. new wrestling uh, uh, set that we're coming. Uh, real, really, they have a worldwide fan base, and and uh, they've been they've been a lot of fun to to deal with so far. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> People in spandex. Yeah, um, that's how we cross over with them. That's that's our common exactly. That's right that's there. the connective. That, that's the thing spandex. that pulls us together. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, the spandex. There's always spandex somewhere in the mix. Always. Different, always, always different um, groups of collectors. Um, what would you actually? That's a that's a very. I I just had a note here. What's your? Because James, you probably see both the sports and the Marvel side. What would you say the main kind of differences are in in how you're approached and the types of queries that you get? I'm just curious for me because I, I know that the, a lot of your product is hockey. And I got um, a couple of hockey packs recently. I opened them, and I was—I've got a clue what I've got because um, I don't—I <laughs> don't know anything about hockey. But the cards are absolutely beautiful. Um, but I know those sets are also very large, and you know you've got multiple releases throughout the year, and it's a very—I um, uh, wouldn't say a fixed schedule, but there's a lot. It seems to me a much more regular schedule in terms of the fact that you have to fit in with the sports seasons and things. So what, what's the biggest kind of crossover and the biggest differences, you'd say, from the two different types of fans that you're getting? I would say the biggest difference right off the bat is the, the um, when I see the hockey customer, they're, they're more along the business side, where the Marvel collector is more along the passionate side. Um, but I guess you can argue that either way of seeing the prices for some of those Marvel cards and products right now. Um, but that's I would say that's the main difference I see. And it, it's really a whole different community. It's they're both a pleasure to deal with. They're both a pleasure to you know make good things happen for. But just seeing, you know, like um, like, you know, the community that you guys have pulled together, everyone's there to support each other. Everyone wants to see everybody come out on top. You know, it's not necessarily competing. They love seeing all the collections. Um, that's that's been the main joy that I've seen coming from the Marvel side. Um, and as far as the crossover, um, just everyone in, over the last year, the collecting that has grown in this business has been outstanding to see. And I think that's just the main thing that each one of those have in common right now is they're just excited to see where the future goes on both sides. Yeah, I've, I've referenced it before, but it feels like the Marvel card collecting community right now, uh, the ones who've been in it for a while, like like you two in particular, it's kind of like that you're, you're a 
you're enjoying a band that you really love, but you don't want them to get <laughs> too big, you know? And now, right now, all of a sudden, they're selling out stadiums, and, you know, you're like, I think I like this, but it's a bit scary, you know? I, I hope they stay true to, you know, who they were. So it's it, that's kind of what it feels like to me, is that the the, the Marvel cards have become that, that band you always love that have gotten... Yeah. Big, but yeah. you're still long for the ride. But you were that you were the the old school fan. Yeah, right? am, am I still going to be able to afford tickets to their next gig? <laughs> That's the problem, man. Like it's crazy. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have been uh, contacting me in particular, and, and I'm sure Ian too. And you know, from celebrities to yeah. people who have. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Celebrity. You had you had celebrities. Um, we've we've spoken about it. Um, um, you know, uh, particular celebrities who are into cars, looking into Marvel, and then also people who were really looking at sports and like put a lot of serious money in sports is now saying, "All right, what's going on with Marvel? I'm interested. Explain it to me. Let me know what's going on." Can I get well, into yeah, the group? Well, it, yeah, it's it's absolutely that. There there's a lot of people with deep pockets who were in the sports again, kind of like myself and. And a lot of them have kids and they're looking for some fun way to engage with their kids in a, yeah. in a hobby that they're passionate about. And especially those collectors that are on EPAC, it is so easy to flip on your phone or your computer, put your kid in your lap and just start having fun with it. So um, I think that's that's kind of how it goes. But it, but having so many we I don't think we could have ever imagined that that so many folks would come to the the uh the marvel side like we jason's a, a huge fan and advocate for it. bobby you know like we we all believe in it yeah. but to see it actually happen in, into this level is is a bit crazy because um you know we'd love to obviously we're, we're a business you know you'd love to just turn the printing presses on but but we're very cautious and careful about uh making the right amount of product for the market and making sure that there's value in in the product uh so it's it's always a very tricky recipe to kind of uh concoct and put together yeah. i'm really glad you said that like that was some of the questions i've been getting too is like you know is upper deck going to print a lot of this and just use this as like printing money and going and, and going strong and you know it's funny my response because you know i've had the pleasure of knowing you guys in some way shape or form for a year or two now and i'm always like you know the marvel side they're really smart you know they really love this stuff they do this out of passion this is not you know what i mean this is something that and it's so early Right. And I think that's yeah, the craziest absolutely. thing about Marvel. It's just so early that you can kind of look to the past and be like, I know what happened here. This is something that could stay true and stay unique. You know what I mean? But also still keep people interested and excited. And I mean, some of the videos we get in the group are that are my favorite are the ones of dads and moms opening with their kids Marvel products. It's just awesome absolutely. to have that experience. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I think what the future will bring is more diversity in releases. So uh, we wouldn't want to just make more product. We would just make more for the different types of collectors out there. So um, love it. my kids love Marvel Ages. You know, it's a lot of different uh, stuff in there, but it's easy. It's basic. It's not going to break the bank too tremendously. Um, but then there are for those for those customers with the deep pockets, then there's things like Premiere. And, you know, it's kind of different strokes for different folks. But um 
right now it's just tricky getting anything uh, made, which has been a, a real struggle for us. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously the past year has brought a number of um, <laughs> challenges across the board, not just not just within cards, but obviously all that impacts on well every uh, avenue of, of life and business, of course. So, you know, there's the huge swell in demand, um, not just in Marvel, but you know across all cards uh, from what i'm seeing um and um we spoke to mike phillips earlier um uh, last year as it, as it will be now when people hear this um and he he very eloquently explained to us some of the challenges that you guys have had with you know actually just making these cards during uh, a pandemic yes. um so how are you and that's probably about eight months ago now since we spoke to him so how has that been in terms of how that's impacted just just generally i mean as much as you're, you're able to share of course um and and how you, how that has impacted in well the kind of questions you're getting through customer services but also you know the decisions you have you make about how you go about things yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot like baking a cake and you find out you got the oven on, you're ready to go and you find out there's no sugar or, you know, like you got to run out to the store and your your cake's not going to come out like right when you wanted it. So um, that's the the. The other issue is you want to make a lot of cakes, so you want to make a lot of different types. So um, it's where does everything fall? And um, I think with a lot of things happening in this marketplace, especially regarding sports right now, where licenses have changed uh, significantly or, or are in the process of changing, I think a lot of those uh, those manufacturers would love to turn the printing presses on and make as much as they can before their deals end. Uh, and they just can't get time on press. And they the, the vendors that produce cards for us need to rethink, had to rethink how uh, people used to work shoulder to shoulder, you know, and, and how do they yeah. reimagine their workspace? So there have been a lot of updates there. There have been a lot of things that they had to overcome. There have been shutdowns uh, because of COVID for, for some of our vendors, I know. So it's really just getting back on track. Uh, this Omicron uh, variant's not helping any. Uh, but I, I, I know that we have Mike... Uh, Phillips is, does a great job. Suzanne Lombardi, who's our uh, VP of Logistics, is incredible at, at getting a product out the door. So I, I think that uh, our, our leadership is definitely uh, in tune with all the challenges and is definitely going to get us over the hump and get more releases out. Uh, I think this year in particular is going to be a, a very, very special year uh, as we overcome some of these supply chain issues and, and get more releases out the door. I'm excited that, you know, we finally have a, a date for Marvel Annual, which will be, you know, a release in January. And then I know everyone's fired up for, <laughs> I'm excited for Metal about Universe Spider-Man. Uh, obviously, we wanted Metal Universe Spider-Man out before um, no way home, but uh, but but we'll get it there. So we'll get it that over the the hump too. And and I think that that franchise is one that people are are still going to be talking about when that when that release hits. So it's going to be great. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not going away anytime soon. Um, should we just take a, a brief moment because not not le less than two hours ago, no, you were still sat in the in the cinema or theater as you guys call I it. I just got back from watching it, so I'm like, right. I, I won't say anything. Just so, in case. have you guys seen it yet? James has. I'm taking my kids tonight. Okay, so oh. we're not going to talk about it. Brilliant. Okay, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Absolutely it's, amazing. It is really it is really exciting. Really cool I to see. That. On 
Saw it on Thursday night, and then I had it. So good, I had to see it again on Saturday morning. Oh, oh lucky! I, I'd love awesome. to see it again, but for the fact that our government are probably about to shut down all our cinemas, so who knows? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, COVID, schmovid. That's what I'm excited for you, Chris. You're gonna flip out. It's gonna you be are great. Gonna well, love that's it. the that's the other trick, guys. Is the the COVID situation has caused this huge meteoric interest in collectibles because people yeah. aren't going out to the movies. They're not going to concerts. They're not going on trips. They're not going yeah. out to dinner and they have disposable income. Where else do they want to put it in, in their passions and some, something they can do at home. So while this Omicron deal is scary, it's, it's, it makes me nervous now for, I, I initially, when COVID hit, I thought that we were going to be in a lot of trouble because usually when, uh, there's financial disruptions or, or things along those lines. The first thing people put on the back burner is their hobbies, right? Discretionary spending, but, yeah. Yeah, but when people are stuck at home and they don't have anywhere else or anything else to do, it kind of became something that people fell in love with. And so if there are more shutdowns, I, I anticipate there's going to be even more interest in our category, which is which is great, but, but it's scary because scaling – uh, our category has always been uh, something difficult, and and um, Jason has often said we're about as uh, nimble as an uh, oil tanker with regard to how we can move and adjust uh, things. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. because the printing process is is a long process, it usually is about a, a, at least a year to build most products. Longer for for ones that have more technology or more sketch wow. cards. So it's uh, it's it's tricky to uh, quickly pivot. Uh, with yeah. regards to manufacturing trading cards, mm. that that's that's really interesting to me because obviously you've. I mean, we, I mean, we, something that we haven't recorded it yet, but we are going to be talking to Travis, and obviously some of the sets that we were expecting have been pushed. And I imagine that's something you get quite a lot, James. Actually, people saying, you know, where's this set? And I, I imagine to a certain point, based on conversations we've had before, and I know I know people know this, but it's it's always worth repeating. I guess to a certain point, your hands are kind of tied because you can't really say a date because you might miss it for reasons you can't, and then you're going to let people down. So. You're exactly right. You never want to narrow in on a certain date. We always try and give a time frame. And even then, sometimes that time frame gets pushed back. And that's where, you know, the uh, customer and all the right will come back and be like, oh, well, you told me this time. And that's where you just have to apologize and say, you know, unfortunately, there's been, you know, a few more delays or, you know, that's, you know, or not trying to narrow in on a certain certain exact time to where, you know, the customer has a, a broad range of when it comes out. I think it's funny because five years ago we would say, all right, this is going to be out on February 9th. Now I'm more comfortable. And then we kind of moved to, all right, it's going to be out in February. And, and now I'm more comfortable with it's like, yeah, it'll be spring. Yeah. <laughs> Q2, yeah, Q1. Yeah, summer, yeah. So, so managing customer expectations has been mm-hmm. tricky because, you know, people make their financial decisions about, you know, people really do put aside, all right, all right, I'm making this much. I'm going to use this yeah. for my collectibles. I want to make sure that I don't miss out on Premiere or, uh, you know, uh, anime or whatever it may be. So it's uh, it's important that we deliver expectations to customers that are are reasonable. But uh, it's tricky when when we're always kind of having to um, to deal with with situations kind of out of our control yeah. with uh, how do we get foil for this or, or things along those lines. Or the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, it, yeah, it is the raw materials. I remember last year there was a top loader shortage because obviously yeah. a lot of that material is also used in PPE. 
And yeah, yes. there's, there's only so much of it of it on this big blue ball that we live on. Um, so so yeah, I can't imagine that was that was a fun uh, fun time. Um, it's interesting. It's something you mentioned there. I was going to ask, how is it? Uh, and appreciating, you probably can't go into massive detail on this, but how is it with your your kind of stakeholders, your licensors? Are they license seat? No, you're a license. Oh, anyway, the people who own the license. You know what I mean? How We're are picking they, up where Yeah. How are they? Um, are they kind of understanding of it? Generally speaking, obviously you've got multiple ones that you need to kind of speak to and do business with. Yeah, I think they're 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 so excited about all the interest that the collecting category is getting these days. Um, but it's also that you know, let's a lot of them are like, let's go out, let's hit everything, you know. And it's like, oh my gosh, like we're we feel like a dog on a leash here, you know. We we they want to let us loose, and and we have to you know kind of stay by their side because we we are are hamstrung by some of these uh, these supply chain issues. So again, we're we're getting closer, and, and things are coming out, and and I'm I'm excited to to see Marvel Annual and uh, some of the ones that will follow that. But um, at the same time, I know it's just been a bit frustrating for everyone involved, but but we'll get there. Sure. Yeah. No. Listen. Hats off to you for, for doing what what you are able to do. Um, it's interesting you mentioned. You know, what people do obviously. I mean, that's one of the biggest things we see in group is people are like, you know, I need to know what's coming so I can budget for it because you know it's it's um, a lot of conversations around that. A lot of conversations around that, and you know, it is a realistic thing for people because you know prices are generally not across, not just you guys, not just Marvel. You know, on the up. Uh, for a lot of things um, and that inflation is being seen everywhere so personally the way I've done it is I've, I've been squirreling away sketches on EPAC <laughs> when <laughs> Spider-Man Metal comes out because I know I can't afford to buy the set so I'm just going to be using those to focus on Black Cat as my character because I know I'm looking at yeah. you you pesky cats you're going to put Black <laughs> Cat all over that set just to vex me if no one else um, so so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be, it's going that's to be a, a, that's a really smart idea for sure. And I think that uh, people, Marvel collectors in particular that have been in this for a while kind of forget that while it's a little annoying that there's so much more interest in the category, all their collectibles have gone up in value like mm-hmm. holy cow. Like if they look at their 401k and look at the values on their Marvel collectibles over the last five years, it's like it's outperforming. <laughs> see, see, honey, I told you we should have been putting more in the Spider Man. You yeah. me all those nights, but I was really <laughs> are not appreciating at all, but my cards are killing it. Uh, so I, I think that that is one of the cool things about the those who have been invested in the category for so long that you know. There are opportunities for for those types of fans to maybe move some some inventory that they're not as passionate about to be able to afford some of the new items or be able to to get something cool on EPAC. Well, that's I mean, that's, that's really been yeah. yeah, that's been the big thing a lot of people have been doing actually is just having to reorganize that. I mean, honestly, what's crazy too, I tell a lot of collectors, you know, because of the pandemic, things have been pushed back and all this other kind of stuff, things outside of anybody's control, you know what I mean? Printers and all this other stuff where I was like, well, this is the perfect opportunity to go back and look at the older stuff in Marvel now and clean house. You know what I mean? Now's the time to create that backlog. You know, Ian and I are character collectors and, you know, my character is banned, hopefully coming back soon. And, you know, 
I've had all this time to play catch up. You know, I haven't been really in the I've been sitting on the bench, but <laughs> I can come in the game type of thing. And I think a lot of collectors are going to be able to do that so with a little break in between. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, Ian's just taking the beating. I'm about it's to like tap a him out. Box staggering around <laughs> the ring. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> uh, um. Can I just say on that, actually, it's an interesting point because uh, you'll, you'll know this if, if, if you've listened, but one of the things we've seen and I've experienced is that I've, I've completely changed what I collect over the past 18 months. So, I've you know, I've shed a lot of sets and I'm still in the process of shedding a lot of sets and, you know, um, and streamlining it and changing my focus. Um, and actually, I'm going to mention this now. Um, this hasn't been broadcast yet, but on as we record, we're a couple of days out from our kind of end of year special which is our Christmas episode, end of year special. And we do a little roundup of the sets that have come out this year. And, you know, there haven't been as many for, for reasons we've just been talking about. Um, but you won't know this yet because you haven't heard it. But the set of the year was Marvel Black Diamond. I'm not surprised. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, knocked it out of the park because that quality, that that quality of the, 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 the way that, it was constructed in the way that you could collect it in different ways and the passion we got from it from talking to grant it was was completely evident in in the dna of the product yeah um and um you know i went in and collected an element of it um obviously very tough to collect because of the um the popularity of some of the uh, actors but um but yeah and absolutely loved it and it's probably one of the most satisfying collecting experiences I've had ever. Yeah, and I think that that you kind of hit on what 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 made that one interesting or take off was that sports card collector who knew that that product, Black Diamond, and they knew they knew about it and they knew the configuration. And again, doing it with your kids or if you're just a, a Marvel fan in general, it was easy for them to cross over. And I think that's why we saw some of the. The, the people who bought it early, kudos to you, because that's another one where the the box price just, I think it tripled, quadrupled. You know, it's, it's astronomical it's yeah. to even find right now. So, um, yeah, that, that was a, a big hit for sure. Yeah, it was lovely. So thank you. <laughs> do, yeah, that was awesome. Do, do pass that on to your guys if Beautiful. you see them before the episode drops. Um, yeah, give them some high fives. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. No, it's good. Uh, we're going to do little Spiritual. trophies next year. We're going to do little trophies. We've got to do dr- tro- like our version of the Dundees, but like, I love it. I'm in. What? Okay. <laughs> no, don't even. I don't want to hear this British office, American office debate. It's been years. We can all just submit. Okay. Dundees, I baby. Watch, I don't watch either version, baby. <laughs> yes. Guys, oh, those you, are cool. This was the, the Marvel Champions? What was, what oh, was yeah. It? Yeah, the Champions. Yeah. So we uh, we actually have little uh, figures from, from that uh, game that we produced. So kind of. Oh, uh, that's cool. I've got those little dudes at my desk, but you might be able to to manufacture those into some type of fun trophy. I always find it See? fascinating looking at people's offices and setups. <laughs> um, now this is this is your this is your realm we're in here. Is it is it Chris? This is your office. Yeah, but it's your show. Yeah, no, no, no. It's absolutely fine. I'm just checking out what's on the background. Um, no, Mike Phillips's office is brilliant because he's got all these uncut sheets framed. Oh yeah, he's oh, a big uncut sheet funny. guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was showing us some of them. It was it was quite legendary to see them. Um, one of the things I, I wanted to touch on, and we did kind of briefly talk about this before on, on our messages, um, I wanted to talk about the uh, replacement program 
um, yeah. that you guys run. And just for those who don't know, let's just start off with, with what your kind of what your what your service is and what the idea is behind that that program. Sure. You want to start? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, it's like every damage card goes down the same route um, as every other one. We request images of the front and back, images of the damage, and always uh, if it's not on EPAC, your proof of purchase and receipt. Obviously, we can verify the purchase on EPAC. Um, and then from there, we create a customer service case. Um, a lot of the times for Marvel, Marvel cases, um, me personally, I like to take the customer's top five to seven favorite characters down. Um, uh, but yeah, from there, we create a customer service case. I'll take those names. I'll add it into the case for our, our warehouse to see and a possible replacement. Um, from there, we always send out a confirmation um, email to let the customer know with the case, uh, case number, instructions on what to do with the damaged card. Um, and then I let, the, um, let them know I included those case names, or I'm sorry, those uh, character names in, our, uh, in their case notes, and that we can't guarantee anything, but um, our warehouse will try as hard as they can to get something of equal sale value off that list. Um, and from there, um, it's kind of um, off, of, off of California's hands, and it moves to North Carolina's hands, which is where our warehouse is currently located. And should I, before, before we get in, into that, I, I think it's, we are focused on making the, the most premium, highest quality trading cards in the market. And we work very, every one of the uh, cards that we get back, we record what was the damage to it, and that is shared with our operations team. So they can go back to our vendors and look for trends like, oh, you know, in the top right corner, there were issues with with uh, this insert or there was some peeling on this one or, you know, things along those lines. So it's very important for us to use uh, these issues to make better products in the future. That said, it is a mechanized process getting cards out the door. In most cases, with uh, with a product like Premier, we actually hand pack those uh, with our staff. Mm. It's a long process. Um, it sounds really cool to be able to be the guy or gal that's putting the cards in the box and checking out all the sketch cards and things like that. But it sounds great until day three. You know, when your back yeah. hurts, and you're like, I don't want to see another Marvel card ever again. I used uh, to work in a printer's. I know what that's like. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's it's there are always going to be little things that can happen, whether it be crimping when the card is sandwiched between the the closing of the pack, or mm-hmm. um, you know, peeling when it's moving through the. Uh, the little conveyor belt that moves the card so that can lift up sometimes. So there's always little issues, but uh, we believe that premium products deserve premium service. And, and it's important for us to make sure that that we're taking care of our customers when they have a damaged item come in. So uh, we offer that for uh, for a year from the release date and uh, and just try to help out with customers when there when are issues. And it's a pretty seamless process. We have a great group of guys here and uh, and actually one lady here now who's done an amazing job. And yeah, we've, we're all caught up and usually anything that comes through the wire usually gets answered that same day. So we're really happy with the progress we've made. And um, I know even ComC on their end as well, um, they've made amazing progress in shipping times and just getting things out. Um, yeah, so we have seen that actually. I mean, we've 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 <laughs> we've moaned about it on this show, so I think it's fair only fair to say that feedback I'm seeing recently on on the group is that the Comsi shipping time has vastly improved and in fact exceeded um, expectations over the past few months. So yeah, there were uh, there were a couple times during the pandemic where I think everyone here in our customer care group was very happy that we didn't work in Comsi's yeah, customer care group. So mm. uh, they've had a lot of uh, challenges, but worked through them beautifully, and uh, and we expect. Uh, greatness from them in the future. 
Good, good. Well, so do we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do we. So, um, so I just want to, because obviously there was an issue, um, an issue, an opinion, I guess is the fairest way to say it, um, that was voiced recently in, in, in one of our groups about, um, you know, when you're doing that replacement program. And actually, before I carry on with this, am I right in thinking that you don't have to do that replacement program? There's no kind of legal obligation for you to do it? Is, is, or is it, is it, or am I wrong? I, I, think you if you, I think if you look at competitors in the space and mm-hmm. check out their their Better Business Bureau uh, ratings, I think you would see that that some manufacturers take it much more serious than other manufacturers. I would say that is the, the best okay. way to say it. All right, fair uh, enough. But we are passionate about it, so. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, okay. Um, so what is, obviously, in the past year, it's been a bit bonkers in terms of the value of some cards. I think it's fairly safe to say. Not all cards. You know, some cards are quite happily just sitting at, at the value level of mediocrity. Um, and long will they stay there? Not that there's anything wrong with those cards. It's just that they're not the ones that are floating up. How do you judge what um, collectors, fans may have in terms of their perception of the value of the card that they're getting replaced versus what they get sent. How is that, how is that done? Very, very tricky uh, because they they've, have been fluctuating wildly, uh, mm. especially on, on more limited ones. And again, as we talked about, the, the crossover that, that EPEC kind of lends itself to with regard to a sports collector seeing being on the same platform and seeing oh well what's this marvel thing oh there's precious metal gems cards i know that from collecting sports all my life that's something that i am interested in there's jambalaya cards in some free releases that are that are also in sports releases so that mentality of i know this i like this i want this crosses over and has created a real uh, again, if you're you've been sitting on some of the older precious metal gems or jambalayas, you've been like, wait, what's it worth now? Uh, because the the values have li- literally skyrocketed. So um, that has been something that even for our teams has been a training issue because uh, we typically will look at completed auctions on eBay to try to get a feel for current market values. Uh, there are some there's some other software tools that we use uh, to see what items are trading for. Uh, that are somewhat proprietary, but at the same time, it's it's just trying to make sure that our collectors are getting a fair shake at things um, and and are satisfied. Uh, that said, there is a perception, a, a fabulously misguided perception that that James and I uh, in our desks are sitting on mountains and mountains of of cards. It's just not the case. Uh, we are really right now uh, at the point where. We are, again, we talked a little bit about baking a cake. We are at the point right now where we are baking the cake and we are using every ingredient that we have to to maximize and make a great, great cake, right? you will have leftover at the end when, of your recipe when you when you make these things. Now, the leftovers that we have today are nowhere near as vast as they had when we were getting the Marvel publishing products started in the early 2011s to 2015-ish timeframe. As you know, EPAC came out in 2016. Now, what's interesting there, and, and sorry if I'm going off on a tangent, but it's important that people really know what has happened. Uh, 
when when Mike Phillips used to go out and try to sell Marvel to sports card shops, uh, they didn't want to take it. You know, uh, even though that the, a lot of the products mirrored what was happening on the sports side, even though the Marvel movies were doing great, there wasn't a lot of interest in buying a case of Marvel cards. Uh, when Mike Phillips went out to try to sell it to comic shops, comic shops didn't want to take it. They still had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouths from, um, I think, some of the things from the Skybox days, or they just didn't didn't believe in it enough. Um and with EPAC, the problem I think that most collectors had who love Marvel is, where do I get this dang product? And there were people that you could buy it online from uh, that were great. Uh, but at the same time, it, your local shop just usually wasn't carrying it. So with EPAC 2016, that hits. That makes it available so much easier for folks to collect, trade, engage with other uh, collectors uh, that it really made it where, okay, now this is growing and now shops are asking Mike Phillips, hey, how do I get some of this Marvel product? And uh, comic shops are coming to them and distributors want more. And now we're at the point where, OK, we know what we're making. We build in a little excess maybe. And then and then, you know, there's a little bit left over for uh, customer care issues that come up. Well, for this particular instance, it, it went back, I think, to the 2015 Flare Retro, some of the yeah, precious when we were making our cakes back then, there was a lot of extra ingredients. We call it overrun cards, right? So uh, we want those cards out in the market. Uh, but at the same time, back then, Mike, we believe in responsible category management. We're not going to make too many cakes for the, the market if we don't think that they're going to be, be have interest in it. So uh, we, we made the appropriate amount. We have that overrun. And we use that for issues with damage, collation, what have you. So... Uh, it was a bit of a training issue, this particular one, where a one-of-one one, uh, PMG was used that, that that some people will say it should have gone out in the product. Well, everything hit ratios. All the ratios hit, all the one-of-ones, you know, the vast majority were in there. Uh, there are people that have, you know, issues with high-end cards. So uh, it's important for us to have a couple one-of-ones that we can help out with. So uh, I think that was what, what happened there, is that we've been able to maintain an inventory of some older items, I can say that it is literally probably down to like a sleeve of, of some of these older items. Uh, we're not sitting on mountains of one of ones or of of tens. They're they're all very very limited of what we have, and and what we have is designed to, to at the end of the day help our customers and get out in the market and make sure that our customers have a great experience. So I know there is a perception sometimes that uh, that. Gosh, well, what do they have? Why isn't that out there in a pack? It wasn't out there in a pack because no one was asking for more packs. So um, that's basically how it boils down to. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate I, I you. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for clearing that up. You know, um, we've definitely had talks about this in our circles and being like, <laughs> I'm never going to see this card, man. What is yeah, it? No, I know. And it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things I talked to you guys a little bit beforehand. It's how do you type that out on a Facebook message. You know, it's, it's no, really, you don't do that. That's you why don't. that's why shows are so great and so yeah. wonderful for us and are for our community coordinators to be able to talk to collectors on a one-on-one -on -one basis and, and explain things a bit better because uh, in this day and age, we're just not able to get out there as much. So um, thank goodness we have your podcast and a, and a great forum to be able to, to answer some of those tougher questions of why. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate it immensely because this, this is definitely going to help a lot of people put things in perspective and not let conspiracy theories and all this craziness kind of get out of hand. You know, definitely a, a very good thing to clear up and get out there for sure. I mean, it's, it's one thing you know, at the end of the day, you do feel like you just want to shout into the void. It's just cards. <laughs> <laughs> Much as we all love them. It's not a kidney. <laughs> well, again, what? some of these are going for more than a kidney. So well, I, yeah, I, I understand that. and appreciate the, the passion. Because One day I want to be able to trade a card for a kidney address. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be down in the alleyway. It's like, yo, you got a PMG? I got, you got the kidney? Let's do this. Yeah. Pull my cooler and run off. Please do not trade our trading cards for, for uh, body parts. I'm sorry. I already, I'm already doing That's it. Already That's already happening. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no take backs. Uh, it's definitely happening. Right. Well, listen, I'm going to um, – I'm going to um, I'm going to ask some questions now. Now, every, every time someone from Upper Deck comes on, I ask them three questions. This is our quick fire round. You've probably heard them before. You might even have prepared for this. I'm going to start with you, James. X Men or Avengers? Avengers, for sure. Oh. But I do. I have a lot of respect for X Men. I do. I'm a big store. I have a big storm. She's one of my PCs. So. Hey! Oh, well, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. See there you go, James. What about you, Chris? Uh, I am X-Men. My kids are Avengers. So I've been more Avengers lately because that's where they dragged me to. But yeah. uh, I grew up with X-Men, Daredevil, those types of comics in particular. Cool. And actually, do you both um, – do you kind of – because I know um, when we spoke to Jason and when we spoke to Bubby, he he, he he was telling us that Jason goes after the the slabbed books um, and, you know, and collects <laughs> collects graded comics and things like that. And we know, we know Grant – is a deep rabbit hole of uh, of of comics and collectibles. Any, what do you guys kind of collect, if any? Yeah, uh, for me, my I mean, it's funny you bring up comics. My um, it's not Marvel, but my main collection has always been Spawn. Um, I've, nice. I've just uh, for a long time collected the Spawn comics. Um, no more figurines, but I do still have them in storage. Um, I'm still waiting on that Spawn reboot movie, but I'm a big Todd McFarlane fan. I love his art, just uh, really amazing. And uh, that, yeah, if you could you could go to the darkest corners of, of my room and storage closets and find some cool Spawn stuff for sure. <laughs> so you're you're so you're a big believer in Marvel masterpieces. The next one should be Todd McFarlane. See. I like James. James should be listened to. <gasps> Why did we this. think of that when we were spitballing artists for Marvel Masterpiece? I'm, because we needed James here. That's what happened. We needed wow. James and Chris here to get this going. Wow. Yeah, and mine again, kind of an extension of my kids is is what they what they see. So uh, they love Thanos. You know, they thought <laughs> Thanos was so cool. So. Yeah, well, I've got my oh snap that my my son drew, and then uh, obviously they love they love Spider Man and Venom, so that's that's one of wow. the they love wow. they go to to shows and events because I'm always buying singles and it's so easy to just buy basic base cards for them. Uh, they get so fired up when when I bring them home, so they've just been so grumpy that Dad hasn't been traveling. <laughs> that's awesome well, I tell you what uh, one thing I will say is make sure you stay to the very very end got it got it go to the theatre if you know what I'm saying <laughs> um, you're going to put your down so I, I have a feeling I might know the answer to this for Chris I'm not sure James if you've been there long enough but I know a lot of you have had cards made of you specifically in the um, uh, 
uh, I can't remember the name of the set. Legendary. Legendary yeah, the bystander cards. Have you had a bystander card or any other card made of you, Chris? I've been close. I've been close, but I think I piss off some of the uh, <laughs> some of the entertainment guys sometimes. <laughs> so I haven't I haven't got a bystander card yet. But uh, every event we go to, we usually have like uh, a lot of the events we go to, we usually have like personalized cards or things like that. So uh, our our entertainment uh, uh, events team are, are fantastic that way. So uh, I've got some fun personalized type ones, but nothing that's been mass produced. Oh, what about you, James? I've been here long enough to be promised one. So uh, I think if Good. I work one more, if I work one more Gen Con, I think I, I get I get that. Um, yeah. Uh, to, to stick on the legendary real quick, guys, I have a, a promo card here that uh, we're, we're actually going to start offering uh, through our store. Um, and these promo cards are cool. It's just um, they're going to be variations of our mastermind cards that we offer in the sets. And these are actually going to be clear cuts. So they're going to be used in the game, but pretty much these cards can be used as collectibles. And this one you see here will be a red school one, and there'll be other ones um, that we have. But this is uh, going to be shortly offered, I believe, coming up in 2022. I'll send you guys a picture of this as well. Um, wow. You guys can use for solicitation. But um, I believe it's any $50 purchase or any purchase of two expansions, which equals $50. So um, there'll be multiple of those. And um you know, the legendary game is just really fun in general. Um, I personally wasn't aware of it when I first started working here, but um, as Chris said, now I'm demoing games. It really reinforces my knowledge of just everything Marvel. Um, our product development team does an amazing job securing all the art rights um, and, and and just everything from the newest movies all the way to the oldest comics. You can see stuff on these cards that just really tie everything together. And it really it's really cool. And uh, um, it's it's nice on my end, too, because, you know, you sometimes you'll be writing up a, a sports case. Then you come across like a hundred card legendary case. And yet I just get to sit there and type in Red Skull or Iron Man or in uh, all the different gadgets they <laughs> have. So, so cool. it's a nice break in, in well, between all of it. Yeah. And I will say that I think it, now that we're in this mode where, uh, you know, all these cards are so expensive, what have you, if you're looking for cards with amazing original artwork, you know, I, I, I love the, I, I get my kids a lot of the versus system cards from the, the yes. Yeah. Uh, amazing artwork. You know, one of my favorite employee cards that I recently sold some of my employee cards cause the market's just so high, but one I will never sell is, uh, I think it was 2005. It's an Alex Ross Spider-Man, uh, versus yes. system. Full that art. Super, it's so beautiful. That is a yeah, great super card. Cool. So it, those, I think, and some of them had different uh, effects or foils applied to them. So I love the Versus System cards, but the Legendary cards, too. Just if, if you've got kids or what have you, you can buy a set and and they're not going to play the game, right? You know, the 10-year-olds, but uh, 8-year-olds, but they love the art. And it's just uh, mm -hmm. it's cool to kind of share those with them. I've I was just doing a – Oh, carry yeah. on. Real quick, I was going to say, even if you do like playing the games, um, there's a lot of rumors right now about, you know, Secret Wars and Marvel. Um, we have we offer Legendary Secret Wars Volume 1 and Volume 2. So um, even before it stuff starts to fire off on that, you can go ahead and grab those. Absolutely. I love the way so he's got cool. an advert in it. It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I've been doing Well, no, I mean, it's just, yeah. No, no, no. It's no, it's cool. really it's cool because cool. I, I, love it. I'm, 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 I was just doing a, I actually just did a video on Versus System because a lot of collectors are coming into the thing. So I did want to sketch card hive because like, 
I mean, you have artists in there, Gabriel Delotto, Jim Lee, Todd McLaren. You have Alex Ross. You have everybody in there because it's published art. So you have this art, iconic art that's in the card set for the first time. And you got extended arts, foils. Man, it's just great. And Server was just in the Legendary and Annihilation. I just picked up the deck yeah, yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I got to get a second one so I can play the game without destroying the cards because I'm one of those sick yeah. people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. in my, it's in my case, but I just haven't touched it because I'm just like, I need to keep it sealed. So, but I'm very excited to check it out. Actually, yeah, I've I'm been picking excited. up flat cat cards from both. You've been picking them up a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been catching up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's so many, and finding out, finding the list of them as well is a challenge. Oh man, it's a night. It's tough. It's, it's really tough, real. especially it's for really kids. Because then you have like the team ones, the versus ones, or like the moments. You know, because the 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 game is so nicely organized into these different like events or characters or mm. you know changing things. So it's pretty. It's pretty fun. It's a fun chase for like character collectors to see where <laughs> you know a small rendition of your character may be hiding in a card yeah usually Pretty because crazy. your character's not mentioned in the card title so you just, yeah. just sometimes <laughs> it's just pot luck that you find your character there yeah um, yeah um and and last question i had for you um what set and or project are you most proud of from your time at upper deck that's like choosing a favorite child, I imagine, for you, Chris, given your, your longevity in the company. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of different promo sets, but uh, my my favorite by far, it's called Heroic Inspiration. So uh, we started it in 2015. There was a, a kid named Jack Hoffman who had pediatric brain cancer, tumor in his head, and uh, the University of Nebraska brought him out uh, for a spring game. Now, a spring game in Nebraska, there's like 70,000 people in the stands. So it's the last play of the game. They bring him out and he runs and scores a 73 yard touchdown and everyone goes bonkers and it gives me goosebumps just talking about it right now. So I was like, wow, what a moment. We were doing a lot with the colleges. Let's create a trading card for him and see if we could do some things for charity. And so we did and we raised over $100,000 with his card and some of the things that we did for pediatric brain cancer. And I was like, this is cool. Let's do more of this. So we usually do about one or two of those uh, a year. And it's it's wow. it's sometimes they have a big financial impact, but sometimes it's just like a, a cool thing. And, and it it's follows a, a mantra that I believe in very strongly. It's do the right thing and let your brand go along for the ride. It's not about trying to make a viral sensation. Just do the right thing. And if it, if it happens to go viral or if people really like it, then great. But it's, there's something very fulfilling to me to be able to tell stories about people who wouldn't normally be on trading cards and to be able to, to, to do some change and uh, improve some lives along the way. So we have a, a wall out here. Um, you guys will come visit someday, I know. Uh, but it's called the Wall of, it's the wall of Inspiration. So I think we have about 16 different people up there uh, now who we've honored with a Heroic Inspirations trading card. But that one is absolutely near and dear to me. And we're about to do our, our first uh, Marvel Heroic Inspirations. It might be Marvel, it might be entertainment. Um, uh, we, we've got it in the, we've got artwork happening for it. So I can't talk too much about it yet, but but it, it's coming. So uh, hopefully we can do more and more of that. That's yeah. awesome. That's absolutely lovely. Wow, that's really cool, man. Um, for, for myself, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a set I'm most proud of as I haven't really done anything on, the, on the designing the set part. 
Um, but as far as a specific one, um, I did have a, a brief stint in marketing last year where I did for 2020 Goodwin Champions. I designed uh, the solicitation poster that we sent out to all of our uh, shops and also the box for that product. So that was really cool, kind of digging my hands into that product and choosing the cards that we, you know, we wanted to uh, display. And um, so therefore, I would say that that would be the one I'm most proud of, um, just because there's everything from actors, sports, entertainment yeah. there, just a whole wide variety. So yeah. that was a lot of fun to work on. Those are good sets, man. People don't realize how good those sets are, but those are really, really, really amazing set. That's cool. Man. Goodwin awesome. Champions is, uh, yeah, if it, it's got something for everyone. It's a, it's yeah. a really good, uh, good kind of, uh, uh, you know, appetizer for the sports card market. But there's, there again, there's people that aren't in sports at all in there, so it's a lot of yeah. fun. And there's, there's animals and map relics and yeah. ancient coins and all sorts of. <laughs> We uh, we have a saying, Grant's saying is keep Goodwin Champions weird. You know, I always have something quirky or fun in there, and, and they do an excellent job with that. Yeah, he's oh, a bit fantastic. like the Mad Professor in his in his laboratory. Uh, I love it. Thing. he's told that's us about awesome. his insect cards. We were yeah, I right. thought that was yeah, silly. Yeah. The bug cards were amazing. You can't even find that's them. Cool. Yeah, I tried yeah. looking for him after he mentioned it. I, could, I scoured eBay because I was like, damn, these sounds awesome. I couldn't even find yeah. some pictures. It was really we cool, did man. One of the first ones, I think it was 2011, it was uh, it was called Landmarks. And so it was uh, cable from the uh, uh, the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. It was a bigger card. Can't find those anywhere. But my son has uh, just, he loves, uh, is so interested in the Titanic. And we had coal embedded into a trading card from the Titanic. I've been looking for one of those cards for like three years. I cannot find one. So wow. uh, there's 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 a lot of quirky stuff in there. But again, if you're collecting as a family, Goodwin Champions is a really fun product. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Stan Lee's in there, I think. Stan Lee. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I had some yeah. people show me some Stan Lee cards from there. I thought it was beautiful. Really cool. I think Kevin Smith's in one year because I've got him on my wish list. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> on my wish list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my wish list. The long, the long wish list. The long wish list. That never seems it. to dwindle. Um, it's one year awful. in 2019, I was severely going after Jennifer Love Hewitt inscribed, I know what you did last summer card on eBay. <laughs> Almost at it. Almost. Oh, that's so cool! So I love cool things like that. One of my one of I my favorite cards. He's not not one of yours, unfortunately, guys. But one of, we've talked about it before. Is um, from the um, TV show Lost. They did these um, cards oh, signed yeah. by Greg Grunberg as the pilot with pieces of the plane that they actually used a real plane. They cut it up uh, for the pilot episode, and they had pieces of the fuselage of the plane actually in the card. I mean, it's heavy. I mean, it's thick as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they've also got some where the actors got sand, and you've got photos on the card of the actor getting a jar and filling it full of sand from the beach um, and and some of that sand is within an acetate little window in the card it's the craziest cards thing. Are just so awesome just so I, I know i know i said we don't have a bunch of cards in our desk but this one i just happen to have because you mentioned <laughs> that it's from goodwin champions it's uh from our museum collection so it's aviation oh, wow. again we, we got world war uh two uh flight suits and this one has a Whoa. button for one of the guys in there but wow. again really thick oversized kind of cool cards but again that's kind of the fun thing about goodwin yeah. champions 
a lot of just interesting or unique content. So yeah, I love that I love so much. Lot. Just looks like a museum piece. Like I love that. Like some cards just like uh, have that presence to them. That's really cool. Yeah, we actually call it the museum collection. So you're right on. Oh, this is what, this is what I that. like about some of the Marvel relics <laughs> you guys have done. I especially like the fact that you've managed to come up with costume cards for for Rocket Raccoon. Who yes, <laughs> people cool. think of as a CGI character, but I think there was actually someone wearing something with a with a tennis ball on their head when it was filmed. So I imagine that's how that works. And then that micro swatch card from Ant-Man that I'm just that, so cool. yeah. um, that was a great idea. I love that image. That's so fun because it's got the, the this tiny card too. It's there's there's a, yeah. there's yes. A, but my my sons have been they saw on eBay uh it's the oversized card of Thanos with the gems. Have you seen that oh, one? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I think it was, was the achievement? I was, I was like, no, that doesn't. That's not. We didn't make that. I was just like trying to be like, oh, on, move on. Nothing to see here. So. <laughs> we um. Uh, by by the way, if um if your eventual no way home set doesn't include an autograph card from Alfred Molina, I'll be coming round. <laughs> Ian's gonna write. Oh, noted, dear. Because he didn't sign for Spider Man 2. Uh, James, Chris, uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you. We should probably let you go because you've got a busy, uh, you've probably got people queuing up and wondering where, why you're not responding to their messages, James. And Chris, I'm sure you've got um, stuff to go and do in, in terms of Christmas shopping, if nothing else, because um, the big day as we record is only four days off. Um, Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you making time for us um, and explaining, you know, some of the stuff that uh, people have been talking one about. One thing recently. I want to just talk one more thing real quick is yes. a, a program that we started around our, our 25th anniversary um, called Upper Deck Random Acts of Kindness. And yes. uh, what it is is for our team to look out there online. At the time, there was just a lot of negativity and just – people just being grumpy. <laughs> and I, I think that's, you know, that's what happens on social media, right? You know, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, but back in the day, oh my gosh, people used to be crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, we wanted to come up with a way to um, create more uh, collector love out there and community, that sense of community that we're all in this together. And and now you see a lot of people doing this where it's like, hey, I got a, a rack from a friend or what have you, uh, but rack stands for random act of kindness. So yes. we wanted to... Uh, create uh, more community. And then also just, I think there's a lot to actually hearing from a brand um, and not getting a form letter, you know? So uh, all, all our staff will actually write handwritten letters for our Random Acts of Kindness program. But what we did is, you know, we look for people who are good stewards for the hobby out there. And we try to get creative and come up with things that are right in their wheelhouse, you know, whether it be a character they collect or a player or um, they just, you know, love the product. Let's get them a sweatshirt or a hat. And and it's always funny, you know, there's a lot of excitement around mail days in the in the industry. You know, I, I get I'm I got an eBay mail day or, you know, I got a trader mail day. Mail cool. yeah. Get a mail day from a company that you don't expect just saying thanks for being a, a you know, a good part of the community. I, I think that really goes a long way. So uh, for those of you that are listening out there, be a good steward for the hobby. Our team will find you and recognize you. 
and and you'll just feel better for for being a, a good outstanding member of the community as well. So uh, that's the random act of kindness program in a nutshell. So I want to make sure we touched on that too. No, thank I still you have for that. my card. Actually, it's amazing. <laughs> I still have it with everybody signed on. It was great. It was so nice. I just it's very nice. Very Angelica nice. Angelica sent me one in the middle of yeah. last year yeah. um, with a couple of. Oh, uh, so you guys love that. Yeah, yeah, with it's a couple so of packs awesome. of uh, Marvel Ages actually. Ages. Um, yeah. And I think it's just nice to know that you know that I like to buy from companies that I know care about my business, you know, like I'm very loyal to that. So I think it's important for us to, uh, to share the same type of, of passion for the people that are, are spending time on and money on our products. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we can't really say anything more than that. Really? Um, you know how we um, end our episodes, gents It's the perfect, um, it's the perfect kind of ethos to sign off with. Uh, do you want to kind of do it together? Or do you just want to, just one of you just want to take it? We can do it together. Uh, real quick, I just had one more thing to say, too. I just want to say thank you, Ian, and thank you, Norn, for the amazing community you guys have created. Um, Agreed. Even, even me just coming in and, like, kind of monitoring, monitoring, it, uh, monitoring it for Upper Deck, it doesn't seem like work. Um, you know, I'm, I follow it on my personal accounts, the weekends. I'm looking. I see all the cool stuff. Um, so th- thank you again. Um, it's It's been uh, – it just feels like a, another extension of, of friends. So I, I was really thank happy you. to come on with you guys. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. That means a lot. Thank we you. We appreciate you too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to do a silent countdown. Are you ready? Enjoy collecting. Thank you. We are going to so use that. Yes! That's brilliant. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Car Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine marvel and enjoy collecting.